Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Our sermon reading this morning will be based on Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. I ask that you please stay standing as we give honor and respect to the words and the work of our Savior. This is Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then Jesus said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. The gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. A heckler. I don't know if you even pay attention to the news, but if you do for just a minute, one thing you'll notice is this. If you want to get a little national recognition, be a heckler. It doesn't matter where. Just go to a a political event or a hip-hop concert, a concert pianist's performance, go to a major league baseball game, and all you need to do is aggressively talk to whoever's on stage. And that's it. A heckler. (laughs) You want to know what the Jerusalem Times would have read the day after Jesus' teaching? Jesus responds to heckler with a perfect parable. For some context, this is how it begins. Luke chapter 12 says, When a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak. Jesus is there teaching them, and in just a moment, we're going to get to what Jesus was teaching them about. But then, a heckler, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus responded, He says, man, who made me a judge between you and your brother? But then Jesus took the moment to teach. To teach not just this man, but to the many thousands gathered there and 
the many thousands of Christians who would come after them, a very important lesson. A lesson about valuing, well, stuff. The lesson that Jesus teaches comes packaged with words of warning to watch out and be on your guard. And so what we're going to do this morning is just that. We're going to look at two things to guard and two things to watch out for. We're going to guard our relationships. We're going to guard our hearts. And we're going to watch out for our culture and watch out for our worth. This is Jesus responding to that man. He said, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. God's word so far. Our first point that we're making is this, to guard our relationships. And we haven't even gotten into the parable yet. And what do you notice about greed? What do you notice about this man's greed? What's well, ruining his relationship with his brother? his family. Let's say in an alternate universe, Jesus does say, okay, I'll do that. Here you go. Fixes it for him. But what would have happened to his relationship with his brother? When our hearts are pulled after stuff, the abundance of possessions, they are naturally, practically pulled away from using our, our vocations, our lives, the things that God has given us to serve others. And well, it ruins our relationship with others. But more than even our relationship with others, more consequentially, it, it ruins our relationship with our Savior. And for that, let's back up and, and just talk about the context of, of what's taking place here. Thousands, thousands of people, so many people that they're standing room only and they're stepping on one another. They go to hear Jesus preach and speak. And what does Jesus talk about? Well, Jesus talks about his relationship with those who are there. In the verses leading up to our lesson, you just have to hear a few of them to understand what this man just came and interrupted. Jesus said, I tell you, my friends, this is verse four of chapter, of chapter 12, if you have it opened. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I tell you, you should be afraid of Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. But then listen, Jesus provides this comfort. He says in verses six, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You're worth far more than sparrows. Jesus is is talking about the relationship that the triune God, the Father, has with you. First, he, he numbers the very hairs on your head. He knows you. He cares about you. Don't, don't be afraid. Second, he said this, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, listen to this, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. Think about that. Your relationship with God is this. He not only knows you and numbers the very hairs on your head, but last week we talked about Christ Jesus is your mediator between God and man. You have a Savior who is there on your behalf, 
speaking about you, delighting in you, that you confess to love him. And third, the Holy Spirit, you worry about your life and how you will defend yourselves, verse 11, and what you'll say, verse 12 says this, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. You think about the contrast of these relationships. This man is thinking about nothing but how he can wrest away his, his inheritance, his money from his brother. And his Savior is calling out to him, thousands of others, including us, and saying, here's a relationship that, that you can rest in. Rest your heart in this. You have a father who knows you down to the very hairs on your head. You have a savior, savior God, who is interceding for you, proud of you, acknowledging you before his father in heaven and the angels. You have a Holy Spirit who is with you wherever you go, and he's teaching you. He's teaching you what to say and, and how to live in every situation. The first thing we watch out for is our relationships, and, and we watch out for our relationship, the number one relationship we have, by resting in the promises that God gives us. And we do that by guarding our heart. Here's the second one. Jesus told them this parable. Listen to this. He said, the ground of a certain rich young man yielded an abundance harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store up my crops Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Here's the question to think about with this parable. Where'd this guy go wrong? Where did the sin start in his heart? Because back it up and take a look that there's nothing evil necessarily going on here. God has blessed this man with a bumper crop, a great harvest. God has blessed this man with success. In fact, so much success, he doesn't even know what to do. What am I going to do with all of this? Well, actually, I can afford to tear down my barns and build even bigger ones. And not only that, God has blessed him with rest, the ability to work hard, do all of that, and then just relax and enjoy the fruit of his labor. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Work is a gift from God. The things that we get from our jobs are a gift from God. And so also is rest. But where did this man's sin start? We maybe caught it when I read it. It started way before any of this in his heart. You see all of the first-person pronouns and possessives, and yeah, you is a second-person one, but he's talking to himself. This man doesn't recognize what's truly going on, that these are gifts from God, that the work, the success, the labor, all that he has is from God. No, it's his. He only thinks me, myself, and I, never once stops to thank God for giving him all that he has, including the success, including the ability, including the rest. 
It's all self-serving. It's all for him. And here's the point of this parable that if you hear just one thing from this sermon you take home today is that it's not a sin to have stuff. It's not sin to enjoy stuff. It is not sin to even want something. Sin, however, is finding your worth, your security, your identity in stuff. And that is the problem, that is the root sin that Jesus wants to point out with this parable. It is not a sin for Christian people to want nice things, have nice things, work for things, or even want to enjoy nice luxuries like rest and relaxation in any form. But what is a sin is when we find our security in those things. That when I have those, then I feel good. Then, then life is Life is going well. The sin is not in having things, but finding your worth in things. Compare that to what we read in the gospel, in our previous lesson. Colossians 3 says this, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. This past week, I I had the privilege and opportunity to study God's word with our church council. And one of the things that we studied in that Bible study is the question of identity, where our worth comes from. The really helpful analogy that the study brought out to us was this, that You can look for your worth. You can look for your identity all over the place in horizontal ways. There's only one place to truly derive your sense of worth and identity. It's by looking up. It's by looking up. And as Colossians says, seeing where you are, seeing where your worth, your value, your confidence is. You're dead. You're dead to all of this, God's word says. You can't find value. You can't find worth in this. And if you try to do this, you're just going to kill yourself. But you are seated with Christ. You are wrapped up with Christ who is risen, who's no longer dead, but is seated with God. And by your baptism, you are tied with him. You have clothed yourselves with him. Yeah, you used to find your identity looking, looking sideways in all of these things, but no longer you have clothed yourselves. With Christ, he has put on you robes of righteousness through the waters of your baptism. How do you guard your hearts? How do you guard your relationships? The easy answer is by looking up and finding your worth in your Savior who has given all to you. Those are two things they're going to guard. Here's the third one. We're going to watch out for our culture. I'm glad you made it with me this far because when you hear something like this, it's maybe easy to think that we're going uh, like Bobby Boucher's mom on this sermon text and just thinking like the devil's just out there. It's everywhere in the world. But think very carefully about the unique temptations of our culture. In our lesson, we read this. Jesus didn't say just watch out for some greed. No, he said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. And then verse 20, the parable. The man's surprised. He didn't even see it coming. God said to him, you fool, 
This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? There's nothing more jarring in all of scripture than when God calls somebody a fool. There can be nothing more jarring for our lives than to know that we are absolutely blindsided by living in a way that is outside of God's will and his word. That's the value. That's the worth in God's warnings, God's encouragement to us for this. Watch out. Wake up. Be on your guard. There's unique things in every culture that can blindside people. And one of them in our culture is this. It's finding our worth by looking sideways. It's finding our worth in stuff. Did you know this? Did you know that there is just under 2.5 billion square feet of storage space in the United States? Do you know what that means? That means that there is, for every single human being, man, woman, and child, there is seven square feet of storage space in our country. That means if we all wanted to play a big game of hide-and-go-seek against everybody else in the world, you know what we could all do? We could all just disappear. We could just go into the storage space units that you see along the highways and byways. Everyone, everyone could go into those. What does that say about our culture? We desire having stuff, building more space to store more of our stuff. My grandparents... And my aunt and uncle, they served for many years in Africa as missionaries over there. I remember two conversations, one that I had with my grandfather and one that I had with my aunt. The first one with my grandfather, I remember him telling me all about how in Africa there is a very unique cultural temptation to dabble in witchcraft, to be tempted by sorcery and different sorts. I remember having this conversation to him and I wasn't a little kid. I was going to school to be a seminarian, to be a pastor. And I said to him, how can these people be Christians? How can they be Christians if they're going to see a shaman, if they're going to see a witch doctor? That's absolutely crazy to us, isn't it? But he said, it's not something that we think about every day. But for them, because of the roots of their ancestral religions, it's a daily temptation. It's something that these people daily struggle with in their culture. Fast forward a couple years, and my aunt and uncle came home from Africa on a furlough, like a couple months sabbatical. And I remember my aunt was telling me the first thing she was most excited to do was go to the grocery store. To go to the grocery store because... Well, she was just looking forward to having kind of the creature comforts of being back home in the United States. But she told me the story. She shared that as she got into, of all things, the cereal aisle, she just stopped and she started to cry. Because there was rows and rows and rows of endless options of cereal. And it wasn't cereal that made her sad that day, but it was realizing that the place that she grew up in, the the world that we live in, this culture, is obsessed with stuff, having more and more stuff, whether it's cereal or it's more serious than that, we want to have stuff. I remember my aunt sharing this story with me, and she said, it's hard to imagine 
dealing with that struggle, dealing with that unique temptation, and still being able to be a Christian. What does that say? That, that people in Africa or America are better or worse or have di- No, it's just that we have different struggles, different unique spiritual struggles that confront us daily. And if anything, what God is doing to this parable, written 2,000 years ago and spoken to thousands of people back then, is making a very relatable point for us. That we need to watch out. We need to watch out for unique cultural influences in our lives that pull us to find our value horizontally instead of vertically. Here's the last one. Watch out for your worth. This is how Jesus wrapped up, summarized the parable, gave the moral of the story to those listening. This, God's saying you're a fool and your life is demanded from you. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And here we are in the very last few words of this parable, we get some good news. This parable is hard to hear. This section of scripture is full of law and demands and warnings to watch out and be on your guard. There's not a lot of encouragement here, (laughs) but there is in this. There is in what Jesus describes as being rich toward God. He said, yeah, this is what you need to watch out for, be on your guard against, and yet you can be rich toward God. How is it? Well, compare some of the lessons that we read. Here, we've read it a couple times. Jesus said, watch out, be on your guard against not just some kinds of greed, but all kinds of greed. Your life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Your life doesn't consist in having stuff. So what is your life consists of? Well, Colossians chapter three tells us, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. What does your life consist of if it's not an abundance of stuff Well, it's being stuffed full with Christ. Christ who is in you. Christ who is the last lessons, last verses of of our Colossians 3 lesson said, Christ who is all and is in all. That includes you and your life. Colossians chapter, Corinthians 2, chapter 8, verse 9 says this, you know the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. What does your life consist of? Let me word that another way. What is your worth? What is your value? What's your identity? God's word says is that it is in Christ. Your worth is fixed in Christ. Who you are and what your life consists of is an abundance, an overflow of God's grace to you on Christ's behalf. His love, his forgiveness, 
his work of, of removing your guilt and your shame because you're dead to all that. You, living in hope, hope of eternal life with him. You living with sure confidence that no matter what, you're rich. You're rich in Christ. Watch out for your worth. Watch your worth. How do we, how do, we do this? It's by finding our worth in him. It's filling ourselves, not with stuff, but with his promises. Do you guys know we have a prophet among us? Maybe told some of you guys this story, but I think it was five years ago uh, when Emily and I were moving from our apartment into the house we're living in now that a group of members from the church came to help us out. We had everything packed up in our apartment garage, and in one uh, U-Haul truck and a few truck beds, we brought everything over and put it into our garage. And our friend, our member, Aaron Knapel, was there, and he looked around the garage, and he said, this is it? This is everything? I said, yeah, that's, that's all we have. He looked at our house. He goes, you're going to fill it. You're going to fill it with stuff. And I said, no, Aaron, not me. I'm a minimalist. I was reminded of just how prophetic Aaron was this past week when just in our toy room alone, we looked around at all the stuff that we, our boys, don't need, and we just boxed it up. And I'm kind of throwing our boys under the, under the bus here, but the reality is we could have gone into my bedroom. We could have gone into my basement and filled up boxes of stuff that have just filled our house. There is a, a natural temptation because of where we live and when we live to just acquire stuff and more stuff. And while that might just seem like a, a practical consideration or, you know, maybe an uh, organizational matter, it's a spiritual matter. Because where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart is. So we can fill up our hearts and our lives with all sorts of stuff. But here is God's encouragement for you today. Focus on what you have been filled up with. Your life is not found in an abundance of stuff, but it's found in an abundance of grace that comes to you through your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Your life is filled up because on the cross, as we're going to sing in just a moment, your value has been fixed. Your ransom, it's been paid by Christ at the cross. You don't ever have to wonder or search or try to gain any value or security or worth. Watch out for your worth. Just watch it because it is fixed in Christ who, though he was rich for your sake, became poor so that me and you, through his poverty, might become rich. Amen.